Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Last Sunday, we talked about overcoming anger, and we're in a series right now called Overcomer. We talked about overcoming anger, and that message really helped me through the week. I just, the Word of God in me, and I really had a nice, peaceful week. And uh, thank you, Lord God. And, and today, we're talking about overcoming worry, and then next week, we're going to be talking about overcoming temptation, all big things that we just need to overcome in our lives. But today, we're going to be talking about overcoming worry in our lives. And as you'll see, our world is filled with worry right now, but God wants us to be overcomers, overcoming worry in our lives. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Thank you, Lord God, for speaking to us by your word. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place today. God, I just pray right now that you do work in us from the inside out and let us be the people, Lord, that rise above the fray of this world, rise above all of these worries and carries. Lord, we can do it with the help of your Holy Spirit, with the help of the word. So feed us today, Lord God. Teach us today. Let us become the people you've called us to be. And we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. 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 God bless you. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Even the little babies are praising the Lord today. That's great. Hallelujah. Today we're going to talk about overcoming worry. And we're going to do it by looking at two Bible passages, two Bible stories that I want to share with you. And then we're going to pray, all right? So two stories and a prayer. And we're going to be in the book of Matthew, and then we're going to be in the book of Luke. And then we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to really minister to you, and especially in the area of worry. There's all kinds of worries in the world today, all kinds of concerns. And I was just looking online right now, because you can find about anything online. But I was just checking out what are the leading worries, what are the leading concerns that people have today in, in this month of October, actually. And right now, here are the four concerns that Americans have about the future. First of all, they're worried about financial instability. That's kind of the leading one, uh, whether we're in a, uh, uh, with inflation and all of that going on, jobs and those kinds of things. Second thing they're worried about is political instability and what's taking place over in Washington and all of the issues over there. Then they're worried about the future of the pandemic. Which way is the pandemic going to turn? Is it continue going to be a pandemic or will it be an endemic? Are things going to get better? And then the fourth thing that Americans are thinking about, the fourth thing is global warming. I don't spend a whole lot of time on global warming thinking about it, but it's, the, the poll shows that there are Americans that are concerned about global warming as well. So those are the four major areas that are almost equal with financial instability leading, but any one of those can cause a lot of worry and a lot of care. I would add on one more. People are worried about or concerned about the supply chain. And, uh, but we'll see what happens on that. We have plenty of supplies. They're just out in the bay in about 75 ships waiting to be unloaded. But anyway, worry is way up in America and around the world, but knowing God's word on worry will help your worries go way down. So I want to say it again. When worries are way up, Knowing God's word and it, it, on worry will help your worries go way down. Can I get a witness? Amen. God's word has power and helps lift it up. When we understand the truth of God's word, it'll lift you up above worry, all right? So what is worry? And by the way, 
Uh, a lot of you are looking, where are my notes today? Um, uh, I, I'm just going to share out of two passages that will be your notes uh, as, you, uh, as we go through the Word today, but then I'll have them online with the online message today once it's reposted here in just a few moments after service. You'll be able to get the uh, notes that are already filled out for you just today, all right? So worry means to give way to unease or anxiety caused by difficulty and troubles. Worry means to what? To give way to unease and anxiety caused by difficulty and troubles. In other words, instead of just rising above it, we give way and we kind of fall under it. In fact, worry in theological terms actually means to be torn apart, to be torn apart. Anybody that's really been in the fray of worry knows what it's like to be torn apart on the inside. What, what's wrong? People will look at you, what's wrong? What are you worried about? What's going on? Because you seem to be not together. You feel like you're torn apart. And the Bible says this, worry will weigh you down. Say it with me this morning, worry will weigh you down. The Bible says this, worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. So worry brings people down, but an encouraging word lifts them up. Just the other day, I was, uh, just a f- several days ago, I was having kind of a day that in my spirit, I was overcast in my spirit. I had a lot of things that I was dealing with related to ministry and things like that. Nothing out of the ordinary because all of our jobs, we have pressures and we have things that the, the, the plus points of what you do and the negative points of what you do. And I was just having one of those overcast days where wasn't as feeling as encouraged as I like to be feeling. And then all of a sudden, somebody sent me an email and said, Pastor Perry, thank you so much for sharing from the Word of God each week. I'll tell you what, your message last week just helped me in this area. I was really feeling down, but God lifted me up, and I want to just thank you and encourage you to keep on sharing the Word of God. You're doing a good job or something like it. Whatever they said, it was a little paragraph, but it absolutely turned my day around just like that. And I just wrote back, and I just said, well, you just made my day today. It was about 5 in the afternoon, but I was feeling a little bit overcast. But all it took was one encouraging word to lift me up and make me feel better the rest of the whole day. Now, how many of you have had that same thing kind of happen? It may be in a different way, but you were feeling a little bit down, but somebody, something or someone encouraged you, and it just made the difference in the day, right? So if that's true, if that's true for you and me, then we need to be encouraging others. Do you think so, amen? In other words, find a way to encourage someone today because it'll lift them up. And I'm telling you what, there's all kinds of people that are weighed down in this world that we live in today. They are weighed down by the cares of life. Some people are hanging on by a thread. Oh, my goodness. So let's figure out a way to encourage them. Praise God. So today, rather than being weighed down, I hope that it'll be an, you'll be encouraged and cheered up by the word of God because the Bible says worry wears a person down, but an encouraging word cheers up a person. I, I just really believe God's going to cheer you up this morning as well. Let me give you some quotes. We're talking about worry this morning and overcoming worry. Well, let me give you some quotes on worry. Worry, I like this one, is the dark room where negatives are developed. I just uh, read that today, and I go like, whoops, you're out, you time warped out of your time frame there. They used to have a thing called cameras and film, and film was developed in a dark room. But then we hit the digital age, and, and so some of you young, young people don't even remember film, but everything was on film. Movies were on film. They weren't digital. They were on film. It was all developed in the dark room, so I've got to change this worry as the dark room where negatives are developed. In other words, you become more negative. I've got to kind of put it more like this is, Worry is the dark room where 
your uh, one terabyte chip failed and you lost all your pictures. Okay, that, uh, maybe I'm working on that. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. Have you noticed? And then the Bible says this, and it was based on a song called Fear Not. Uh, Fear not tomorrow, for God is already there. I like this. Don't worry about tomorrow, for God is already there. Man, that just gives me so much hope in this world filled with worry. Don't worry about tomorrow, for God is already there. He's already got it taken care of, so you might as well live this day right here. Amen? Now, I want to look at what Jesus has to say about worry this morning, all right? And he's got a lot to say. When Jesus began his ministry... Um, he shared the Sermon on the Mount that we find in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. So in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, right at the beginning of his ministry, that's called the Sermon on the Mount, that's where he's talking about what life in the kingdom of God is all about, what it looks like and how it's lived. He's talking about the kingdom of God on the Sermon on the Mount. How many of you know for sure you probably read the Sermon on the Mount, right? Oh, that's a weak response right there. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. How many of you believe you've read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, right? The Beatitudes and all of that, that's the Sermon on the Mount. And in fact, this is considered one of the greatest sermons of all time. I'm only taking a piece of it this morning having to do with worry. But when I've looked at the Sermon on the Mount, I, I kind of wanted to know how many different subjects were covered in that message. And I found the answer is about 22 different subjects are covered in the Sermon on the Mount, about 22. Everyone say it with me this morning, 22. But Jesus took a lot of time, he carved a lot out of that message just to talk about worry because it's something we are so good at. So he had to address the subject of worry and he mostly showed us in what he shared that why worry isn't worth your time. It really isn't. Say it with me this morning, worry isn't really worth my time. So I headed the main points that I'm going to share with you this morning out of this passage, the worthlessness of worry, all right? The worthlessness of worry. Now, go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, and just follow along with me just a few verses this morning. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, and we'll talk about how worry is basically worthless, all right? Number one, worry is inconsistent. Say with me this morning, worry is inconsistent. It doesn't, go, it doesn't go together. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, Jesus said. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you'll put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? In other words, here's the bottom line. If we can trust God to give us life, how come uh, we can also trust him to give us food and shelter, right? The same God that gave us life, if he says, I created you, he's not just going to leave us out there. He says, I created you, but I'm also going to provide shelter and food for you. It's inconsistent if we don't believe that the God that created us won't also care for us, right? So how many believe that the God who created you will also care for you? Can I get a witness? Amen. And let me just give, how many of you that God has provided for you? Here we are sitting here today. God has provided you in the past, and he's going to provide for you in the present, and he's going to continue to provide for you in the future. Hallelujah. You are his prized possession, and he is watching out for you, and it's a testimony of his goodness and his grace and his provision that you're here this morning right now worshiping God. Amen? Hallelujah. So worry is inconsistent. The second thing is worry is irrational. Say it with me this morning. Worry is irrational. And he says this, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than the birds of the air? 
The answer is yes, you are. So if our heavenly Father cares for the birds of the air, won't he also care for you since you are more valuable than birds? Yes, he will. So he says, look at the birds of the air. I'm watching. And so uh, I love watching the birds of the air. And even when I think of the, when I see a little sparrow, those little sparrows, I love the, I think of my dad singing his eyes on the sparrow and he watches over, I know he's watching over me. And then when I see a robin coming out, I'll say, hey, Mr. Robin, spring is here right now. You know, the orange uh, uh, robin comes out usually in the springtime and goes, spring is here. We cheated winter one more time. That means something in Minnesota. It doesn't mean much here in California because we get to live in paradise all of the time. So never forget that. We are blessed to live here. Hallelujah. We do, live, uh, we do live in a great state. This is a great state. I've been here 20 years right now, and I haven't seen all of it. Wonderful weather, crummy politics, but wonderful. <laughs> Come on, work with me, everybody. Come on. We're a little bit overregulated. We're a little bit whatever. I'm not going to get in there, but I'm just saying, but it's a wonderful state. So, um, and, and, and so many things that God does all over the United States and all over the world start right here in California. So anyway, uh, I just thought I'd throw that in, all right? And uh, I love California. It's where the sun warms you from the inside out and the air breathes easy. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Okay, now, uh, worry is irrational because God says, I'm, I'm looking at the birds there. But uh, several years ago, I was up by... Uh, Sacramento Airport, SMF. I was up at Sacramento Airport, and I was out there, and I was waiting for a passenger to come in. Perhaps it was my daughter. I don't even remember. But I remember seeing uh, a bunch, a cloud of birds like I'd never seen anywhere before in my life. And it was a cloud of starlings. And there were so many thousands. I'd never seen anything like it before. There were thousands of them, and it looked like this. And let me show you just a little video of what a cloud of starlings looks like, all right? great what God does just on his off time amen and in that cloud of starlings there are about 60,000 starlings just to make up that cloud some clouds are as big as 100,000 starlings what I want you to get here this morning is this if God is able to feed and take care of the birds of air birds of the air millions of birds birds without number if he can take care of every single one of those little starlings guess what he can take care of you he will Something just came into my mind because you're not a starling, you're his darling. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Amen. Hallelujah. That was pretty good. Hallelujah. That wasn't even the first service. God must have saved it right there for you. You're not a starling, you're his darling. Hallelujah. Third thing this morning is that was anointed, by the way. That was anointed, what I just shared there. Amen. Third thing is this this morning worry is ineffective. Say it with me this morning worry is ineffective. In fact, we do so much worrying in our lives, you would think that it was more effective than it is. Why do we spend this much time on something that isn't very effective? It really isn't. In fact, Jesus said this, which of you by worrying can add one hour to your life? 
which can add one hour to your life. You can't even one cubit to your stature, one hour to your life. Worry won't get you anywhere. In fact, worry won't lengthen your life, not by a single hour. On the contrary, worry will take years from your life and life from your years. So watch that about worry. It is honestly a waste of time, and yet we're so good at it. I'm talking to myself right now. I could have a Ph.D. in worry. And I have to read this to encourage myself to realize what a waste of time it really is. The worthlessness of worry. Number four, worry is illogical. It's illogical. And watch this now. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lily of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. In fact, God starts out with grass on the side of the mountaintop, and then he clothes it with lilies. Look at this picture right here. He clothes the grass with lilies. Isn't that beautiful? Man, that's just gorgeous. In other words, God starts out with a field of grass, but then he goes, I can do better than that. And just on an off day, he'll just kind of clothe it with lilies. So why do you worry about clothing? The Bible says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And so King Solomon, by the way, say it with me this morning, King Solomon... King Solomon was the son of who? David, right? David and then King Solomon. So that was his son. King Solomon was the richest king that ever ruled, ever lived. He was wealthier than Jeff Bezos from Amazon, wealthy, more wealthy than Bill Gates from Microsoft, more wealthy than William Buffett from whatever he owns. What is that called again? Berkshire. Yeah, Berkshire, Hathaway, right? Is that it? Something like that. More wealthy than... All three of them put together, he had more wealth. Yet in all of his splendor and wealth, he wasn't dressed as beautifully as the lilies of the field. Hallelujah. Now, so Jesus makes a point. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and I just kind of got a revelation on how God clothes the, clothes the, 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 the grass of the field. I just got that the, yesterday, and I've read this passage so many times in my life, but I, you know... He starts out with the field, that grassy field, but then he makes it even more beautiful by clothing it. He puts clothes on the field, those lilies of the field. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? In other words, he's saying this. He, he's saying, worry is illogical. In other words, if God is taking care of the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, he's going to watch over you too in the name of Jesus. And he won't clothe you just with the lilies of the field. He'll clothe you with a, with a, nice, cloth, a nice garment from a Burlington Coat Factory in the name of Jesus. Amen? In other words, it won't be here today and gone tomorrow like the lilies of the field. Here today and gone tomorrow, he'll say, I'll, I'll clothe you. I'll give you, you know... Uh, clothing from Burlington Coat Factory or Eddie Bauer or Nordstrom. If I'm feeling really good about you, you're going to get a clothes, uh, garment from Nordstrom. Hallelujah. This is not anointed what I just said. It was just, <laughs> I just put that out there, all right? So if God clothes the grass of the field with lilies, how much more will he clothe you? In other words, that's just a little thing he does on the side, but he's watching over you because you are his prized possession. Number five here this morning, my last point on this passage, worry is irreligious, irreligious. In other words, Jesus said this, therefore do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear, for after all these things the Gentiles 
The unbelievers, the pagans, they seek. They seek after all these. What are we going to do? Food, shelter, clothing, where are we going to get it for? The, the Gentiles seek after all of these things because they don't know God. Jesus was speaking to a Jewish audience at this time. The Gentiles hadn't been reached yet. He's saying, you Jews should know that you have a God that's watching over you, but the Gentiles don't even know that, and all they're doing, looking for is how are we going to have food, shelter, and clothing? They don't know of a heavenly Father that watches over. You have a heavenly Father. You should know he's going to take care of you. In fact, the New Living Translation says it this way, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. In other words, when we are constantly worried about where our provision is going to come from, it's like we're acting like unbelievers who don't even know God. Hearing what I'm saying? It's like we have sometimes we are so faithless and fearful, it's almost like what, where is God in this? Don't you know who's got your back? Don't you know who your heavenly father is? Amen? So if God clothes the grass, he's going to clothe you as well. Praise God. So don't worry. He says, therefore, do not worry, saying what shall we eat and what shall we drink? He says, the Gentiles think about these things, but watch this. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Jesus is saying this. Everyone tuning in to me right now? Look at me, everyone, right now. Look at me right now. All right, look at me right now. Everyone doing good? All right, praise God. Hi, Kendrick over there. How you doing? Saw you on TV the other day, and you and your family doing great. Praise God. Okay, now, and your little baby there, you have four now, is it? Four. Man, that is so cool. Um, uh, so look at me, everybody. And I just want you to stay with me because I'm only going to go for another 10 minutes. I want you to tune in, right, out of the Word of God, all right? So he, we all need things. How many of you know we all need things? All right? I need things. You need things. We all need things. There's nothing unspiritual about that. But the thing that we need more than anything is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. But what happens is we, but we all need things. I know that you need things because I bump into you in the stores every now and then. You're looking for things at Costco, things at Target, things at, uh, at, 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 at uh, I'm looking, I just lost my other big one. Yeah, Walmart. Walmart. Man, I went to Costco the other day and there was no paper towels or toilet papers. We're in trouble. <laughs> the world's in trouble, everyone. <laughs> so I'm going to go earlier instead of five at night. Five at night, all right? But here's, here's it. We all need things and God knows we need. But what, what, here, here's, what, here's what happens is we get our eyes on the things more than our eyes on God. And God is saying this, if you'll keep your eyes on me, not only will you get me, but you'll also get the things that you need. In other words, when you get your eyes focused just on the things, that's all you have the focus is on the thing. Forget the, 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 you know, don't serve the things of God, serve the God of the things. In other words, what I'm saying is keep him first. Then he says, I know what you need, and I'm going to get them to you. So he says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these what other things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. And we need to seek God first. When I go out, walk and pray in the mornings, I walk and pray, and I, just as a practice, I walk and pray six days a week. I go out to walk and pray and just pray for God to just, you know, to set the course of my day and to show my dependence on him. God, I don't know what the day is going to bring, but I know who is bringing 
the day. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. God, I want to be walking in your will and your way, your rule and your reign, your purpose and your plan, your kingdom come and your will be done. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these what other things will be added unto you. Things in the spirit, but also things in the natural as well. He's all add the things of the spirit to you, but also add the things in the natural as well. God knows you need things. And, but he says, seek me first, then all these other things will be added unto you. Now, as we're seeing today, our world has a limited supply chain. At least it's not perfect, I'll tell you that. We are, our world has a limited supply chain, but the kingdom of God has an unlimited supply chain. Hallelujah. So what's the answer? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what's the bottom line? Here's the bottom line. You get to the bottom of this little passage in the, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and he says this, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So watch this. Do not worry about tomorrow. Say it with me right now. Do not worry about tomorrow. So tomorrow's got its own troubles of its own, sufficient for the days its own trouble. Jesus is saying this in other words, rather than worrying, live one day at a time. Jesus isn't asking us to live in yesterday or tomorrow. Jesus isn't asking us to live in the past or the future, just today, the present, one day at a time. That's why every day is a gift, and they call that gift the present. That's the day that you're living in right now, the present. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. When are we going to do it? Today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. Today we're going to live for the Lord. Praise God. But so many times we spend our time living so much locked in the past or concerned about the future that we miss the day. And God says, I want you to live one day at a time right here, right now. This is Sunday, October 17th, 2021. It's the only one you ever get to live in your life. You might as well have a good day, make a good day of it, not be lost in yesterday, not be thinking about tomorrow, but living this day because it's the only one you got. I was... This Say with me this morning, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God. And yes, it's okay. You go to church. We pray. We learn. We grow. We become disciples. Then you go, you go eat somewhere. Praise God and enjoy your meal. And then you go watch football and enjoy the game. And that's okay, too. There's nothing wrong about it. Paul would be talking about football today and how good the Cowboys are really doing. And can Brady really be beat? I don't know. And why the Giants lost, we don't know. It's the Dodgers now. <laughs> On a bad call at the end of the game. We all know it. It was a bad call. Anyway live this day but he says bottom line and he says therefore put the scripture back there if you would please therefore say it with me therefore when you see a therefore you got to wonder why it's therefore and it's always connected to the context everything that was said before about me watching God says I'm watching over the birds of the air the lilies of the field I'm going to take care of them but I'm also going to take care of you he says therefore what's the bottom line don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow 
has its own share. He says, sufficient for the days its own trouble, live this day unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, that was the first story here this morning. That was a good one, by the way. We could just say, shall we pray right there. But I've got another one that's real short, all right, real short. Second story this morning that relates to worry is Mary and Martha. Everyone say with me this morning, Mary and Martha. And it says this, Jesus was getting ready. This is found in Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. If you find it in your Bible, it'll pop right up there. It'll be about the same thing that I'm reading here. It says, now it happened as they were on their way, Jesus and the disciples, they were on their way to Jerusalem, and Jesus entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into their house. Say with me this morning, Martha. But Martha had a sister named Mary. Everyone say, Mary. What did Mary do? Mary also sat at Jesus' feet and was listening to his word, heard his word. Hallelujah. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached Jesus, and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And I'm not getting any progress on this. I need you to tell her to. She, she was distracted with much serving. Now, everyone least should know this right now. Serving is a good thing. Can I get a witness? Amen. Jesus said, I didn't come to be ministered unto, but I came to minister and to give my life for, for a ransom. I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So serving is a good thing. It's a core value of Jesus. Serving is a good thing, but sometimes you can find yourself serving so much and become distracted so that you're not even sitting at Jesus' feet anymore. And this is what Mary, Martha was doing. She was distracted with much serving. Say it with me, distracted. I don't know what your occupation is, but when you're really on the, you know, the track of accomplishment and everything, you can get so filled with your occupation, what you've been called to, that you are distracted from even sitting at the feet of Jesus. In other words, you're doing a good thing. You're on that career path. You're trying to better yourself, but it's all you can think of. And then God help us with our social media and digital world that we live in. It only compounds the problem because I want to just say here this morning, we are living in the most distracted culture in the history of mankind. Let me say it again since you were so distracted that you didn't hear me the first time. We are living in the most distracted culture in the history of mankind. I'm telling you, we are so distracted. We have an attention span of about three minutes. TED Talks are only 15 minutes long. Why? Because you lose the audience. Amen. I already lost you. <laughs> I mean, we got to keep re-upping. We check in, we check out, and we check in, we check out. And, and, and then if you're on your phone during service, it's no help at all because ESPN is not a version of the Bible. You've heard me say that. But anyway, uh, we're living the most distracted culture in the history of mankind. Americans spend nearly three hours a day on social media checking their Facebook an average of 14 times per day. An average of 14 times per day. We know it's higher than that. Americans spend 4.3 per hours per day watching TV, but lots of days they spend six hours a day watching TV. So all together, including sitting at your computer and doing your work online on your own computer, then mixing in social media, and then TV on top of it, you are connected to the digital world some 11 hours per day. No wonder we're distracted. 11 hours a day. And then on top of it, you have neck aches. What do you have a neck ache from? From looking at your phone. Man, I can't straighten out my head. What's that? Well, you've been on your phone looking at Facebook and YouTube for the last hour and a half. 
man, I'm having neck problems. No, you're not having a neck problem. You're having like a priority problem. <laughs> Get out and actually walk and leave your, leave your phone at the house. You don't need it with you. You might survive without a phone because you did for about the first 20 years of your life. You made it just fine without a phone. Just go out and take a walk with God. Look at the birds. Oh, what is that noise? Oh, that's birds chirping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what is that smell? That's like leaves. That's like leaves and burning leaves and things like that. I said, yeah, there's kind of a nice smell out there. Man, I've never been out here. That's right. <laughs> We're distracted. So let's pick up the story. What did Jesus say to, to Martha? He said to, he said to watch this. Double emphasis. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled. Why should she's worried and troubled about what? Many things. By the way, that's a whole other thing. Many, many things. Say it with me right now. Many things. How do you know that many things just defines our life right now? Many things. What do you got to think about? Many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part. She's chosen really the better part, another version says, which will not be taken away from her. All of these many things, here's what you need to do. They will be taken away from you. All of this clitter-clatter or clutter of life, that's all, this, all this junk going on, it'll be taken away from me because you can tell you can't even remember it the next hour or the next day. So all of this stuff we've infused ourselves with and all of this time we take, it soon just takes away. It's like, the, it's like the, 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 the grass that withers so quickly. It's just taken out of our life. And what do we need? We need more tomorrow. More useless information. But he says this, the part that you get from me will never be taken away. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. So... Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, it was a double emphasis. Martha, Martha, say with me this morning, Martha, Martha. Okay, I want you to turn to your neighbor and hopefully you know their name, and if you don't, just get their name and then say it twice to them. Would you do that in kind of a condescending way? Martha, Martha. Larry, Larry what's your first name? Daniel? Hey, Daniel. Daniel, Daniel. You can say mine. You can say mine. Perry, Perry. Yeah, oh, Perry, Perry. You are worried and distracted about many things, but I'm telling you what, Mary did the better thing, she sat at my feet and she heard my words and that will never be taken away from her. Remember this this morning, what Martha was doing was good because she was serving, that's good. But what Mary was doing was even better. What was Mary doing? She was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his words, words of life that'll never be taken away. And here's what I wanna say here this morning. In this distracted world that we're living in, we need to slow down and be less like Martha in this instance and more like Mary, sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing his words that will never be taken away. I kind of wrote this down. In the midst of the fray, we need to find a way to get to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In the midst of the fray, we need to find a way to get to God. The fray is the battle of life, the, 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 uh, the overhead of life, all of the uh, uh, pull of life. We need to find a way, in the midst of the fray, we need to find a way to get to God. It's just, what's the bottom line in everything that I'm sharing this morning? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Live in this day. Don't live in the past or the future, but live in the present. In other words, but what's at the center of it all? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added to you. And the next passage that we read about Mary and Martha, what's the bottom line again? 
Martha's doing great, but Mary's doing even better. What is she doing? She's sitting at Jesus' feet, and she's listening to his words. In the middle of the mess of life, in the middle of the fray of life, she's found her way to quiet down, sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to his words. Thank you, Lord God. And then what happens out of that? You get the peace of God that comes and sweeps over your spirit. Hallelujah. Not thinking about the distractions of life, but thinking about God himself. Isaiah 26.3 says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. If you keep your mind stayed on God and trust in God, guess what? The byproduct of that, the blessing of that is the peace of God that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. I want to say this, and I'm almost done. When, you, um, uh, when, you're, w- when you're running on that, that w- wheel of life called these cares and these worries, and we're so good at it. Honestly, everyone, I could have a master's degree or a PhD in worry. I mean, I'm that good at it. I really am. I'm just kind of wired that way, and some of you know that. Some others aren't wired that way, but I'm more wired that way, so I have to really read these scriptures and apply these scriptures to my life. And when I do, let me tell you what happens. All of a sudden, God will kind of sweep into my day, and all of a sudden, I'll just realize, man, I'm at peace right now. Praise God. It doesn't mean I don't have problems, but, man, I'm at peace. Thank you, Lord God. What is it I feel? I don't feel much of anything right now. I'm just feeling at peace. I don't feel anxiety. I don't feel that worry. I don't feel that, all that race in your head or nothing. I just, man, I just feel at peace. And, and, and it sweeps over your soul. Hallelujah. We used to sing a song when I was a little kid in church, you know, peace, peace, wonderful peace, flowing down from the Father of light, uh, above. Sweep over my spirit forever I pray with heavenly billows of love, something like that. But it's a sweeping over your spirit of peace, and it comes only by breaking away from the fray and getting close to God. And how do you do that in practical terms? You just go out and do it. You just say, God, I'm going to get alone with you. You might walk around a block. You might take a half an hour walk somewhere. Say, God, I'm I'm walking. I know I'm taking a walk, but I'm walking with you right now. And I'll tell you what, he'll begin to give you revelation knowledge. He'll be able to give you his presence. Hallelujah. He'll speak to your heart. He'll tell you what to do. He'll give you direction, all of those things. And you're not even really at. You're just in his presence. Hallelujah. In your presence, fullness of joy and at your right hand. Pleasures forevermore instead of pressures forevermore. I'm going to give you pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. But it's finding a way to break out of the fray. And then when you do see the birds out there when you're walking and praying, and when you see the lilies of the field, you say, God, thank you, Lord. You're watching over all those birds. You're watching over the grass of the field, and you're even clothing it with lilies. And I suppose that if you're watching those hundreds of thousands of birds, you're watching those millions of lilies, you're watching over my life even more because I'm your prized possession. Hallelujah. I might not be a starling, but I'm your darling. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness? Amen. Okay, two stories. We've, we've said them already. The two stories that we just shared, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The next one, Mary was sitting at his feet and listening to his word. Martha had the good part, but Mary had the better part. He's sitting at his feet. And then two stories we just shared about worry and related to worry and now a prayer. And I want to just say this. In the beginning of my message, I said that I would share two stories and a prayer. And one of the greatest ways to overcome your worries, to overcome your worries, is just to pray about them. You've got to just get out and pray about them. And the Bible says this, do not worry about anything. Say it with me this morning, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. How many are thankful for what God has already done? Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. But here's what I need right now. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, 
which is far more wonderful than human mind can understand. You will experience God's peace, which passes all understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We need our hearts to be uh, uh, guarded, and we need our minds to be guarded in this world that we live in. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You might be saying, my situation hasn't changed, but I'm telling you what, you're gonna, your, your situation might have, have changed, but you will have changed, uh, uh, you, you, you'll have changed from the inside because God will give you his peace on the inside. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father in heaven, we love you so much, and we thank you for your word that speaks to our hearts today. We live in a world filled with worry, and the, it seems to get amped up when we least expect it. And, Lord, I just pray right now that you'd be with us in a special way, Lord God, that you would help us to cast every care on you because you care for us. And we just bless it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, with all of the twists and turns in life and the, the worries and cares that just seem to come on us, God, I just pray right now that we'll not worry about anything but learn to pray about everything in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah I'm just really thankful this morning for um, your prayers for Sarah Zakuda. so many of you prayed for Sarah Zakuda, and it appears right now this morning at 6.20 a.m. she had a major great it's been 12 days right now and none of the 12 days have just been steady we're just praying I, I was just praying God let her live Lord God let us not get the call we don't want to get then this morning they're, they're, and once you go on a ventilator it's even more um, you know critical and so she's in ICU and all of that but then this morning at 6.20 she's breathing 100% on her own still hooked up to the ventilator but 100% on her own I mean that's God moving um my little buddy over here, Stevie. Where's Stevie? Is Stevie still here today? Did he have to leave? Is Stevie here? Where's uh, the, the, the Harris's? Did they leave today? Where, oh, they're there. Oh, I was looking over here. You're right here. Okay. Hey, Stevie. I love you, buddy. Stevie's going in um, this week for um, surgery, and they're going to be operating on his, his, his brain, and he just needs a touch from God. Stevie, how old are you right now? 16, and we've been riding shotgun for 16 years because I've known you ever since you've been born. But Steve, Stevie, I call him Stevie. But well, you call Steve by Stevie, right? Yeah, okay. I go like by Stevie Ray. I was like the guitar player, Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know. What I mean? But uh, anyway, Stevie, love you so much. And I want to just ask everyone here to this week so the worries can be lifted off of, uh, 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 of Steve and Sylvia, his parents. Um, if you'd encourage them with your prayers, on the 20th, he'll be going in for surgery that he just really needs, uh, between the hand of the surgeon and the hand of the great physician, he just needs a touch from God, all right? Will you do that and just kind of encourage him? And I just want to proclaim over you right now, just right now, you don't need to worry. We're not going to worry. We're going to cast the care on the Lord. We're going to not worry about anything, but we're going to pray about everything. And we're believing God to do a miracle in Stevie's life. And all of you right now that are believing for miracles in your life, let's not spend the time in the worry zone. Let's spend time in the faith zone. We've got to find, in the middle of the fray, we've got to find a way to get to God. So, and it won't be found on your digital phone. It's not going to be found in all the clash and the clutter of living life. It's just going to getting alone with God, and he'll help you. He really will. And if you believe that and you receive it, uh, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, stand with me, and then we're going to go home here. In just a, in a couple of minutes, we're going to go home. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You can go eat somewhere. And...
Man, I, I went the other day to the Wiener Schnitzel. They just put one in here. So good, can't tell you. It was so good. I know you're moaning, but it was the best hot dog. One of the best hot dogs I ever had in my life. Chili dog. You think I'm messing with you, but it was really good. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, oh, oh, then I got Kendrick standing there. Oh, my gracious. I got a, Kendrick, all he eats is sweet potatoes. He eats a yam a day. He eats it, he boils it up, and then eats a yam a day. I need to be more like Kendrick and less like a fast food junkie. Come on, Kendrick. I know you're helping me. Hallelujah. That didn't fit into well to where I want to pray this morning. Um, hallelujah. I want to ask you this morning, uh, let's just begin by praying right now because we, we talked about prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just love you so much and thank you, Lord God, for your words of life. Thank you, Lord God, telling a story that we've heard maybe a hundred times in our Christian walk and yet every time we get into this story, um, you unfold a different piece of it or a different facet that just applies to us. And God, I thank you that you've done that this morning. God, helping us to understand that worry is worthless. And God, we have a heavenly Father that's watching over the details of the world. And Lord God, you're watching over the details of our life. And so Lord God, we just trust in you all the more this morning. And Lord God, help us not to worry about anything, but to pray about everything and to cast every care on you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. We just bless you today, Lord God. And your word says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things, all these things we need will be added as we seek you first. So we want to do that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to ask you just to lift your hands right now and just say, Lord God, I seek you right now. With these open hands, Lord God, I seek you today. And I bless you today, Lord God. I worship you today, Lord God. I seek you today. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We reverence your name today, Lord God. We seek you today, Lord God. We worship you today. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. I bless you today, Lord God. Everyone say it with me this morning. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Lord, I bless you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. I worship you right now. See, we're seeking first the kingdom of God right now. God, it's your kingdom that we want to seek first. Not all these things we need, not all these problems we have, Lord, we seek you first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. So with your hands lifted, just say, Lord, I bless you, and I worship you, and I seek you today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Then I want to ask you to take those same hands and just kind of put them by the side of your head here this morning. Hallelujah. And just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord God, I just pray right now that you'll do a work in my mind and my thinking right now, Lord God. Let my mind be renewed, Lord God. And I pray right now, Lord, that you will still the storm in my mind and that you'll bring me peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah. Bring me your peace that passes all understanding. Lord, just say with me, Lord, I thank you that I can rest in you and wait patiently for you and I'll see your salvation. Thank you, Lord God. I'll see your deliverance one more time. God, touch me, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just supposed to say this right now just with the Holy Spirit. Just, just Lord, quiet my mind. Quiet my mind. Quiet my mind, Lord God. And give me your peace, I pray in your Holy Spirit.
pray in your holy name, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Then I want to take, ask you to take your hands, just kind of go like this, if you would, however you want to do, just kind of like this, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just pray this, Lord God, let my heart be right in your sight. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. And then just say this with Lord God, let my body be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Indwell in me, Lord God. Fill me, Lord God, with your presence and your power and your peace. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Say with me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, let me be filled with your peace, Lord God. And I pray in your holy name. In the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Barry, this Jesus that you're talking about, I don't even have it in my, in my life. Let me tell you this, you, can, you can't have peace until you have the Prince of Peace living in your heart. The Prince of Peace is Jesus, and it's just by simply saying, Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. I invite you into my heart. Your heart's like a door. You're the one that has to open it, though. Jesus won't force himself in, but he says, if you'll open up your heart, I'm standing at the door and knock. I'll, I'll come into you and have fellowship with you, you with me, and he'll save you he'll, if you just invite him. So I want to ask you just to invite Jesus into your heart right now at home and on campus right now. If you need Jesus in your heart, just pray this prayer with me right now. Pray this in church family if you'll join in. Lord Jesus, right now, I ask you to come into my heart to be my Savior to be my Lord, to be my Prince of Peace. Forgive me of all of my sin. Give me a new life today. With my mouth, I now confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Lord Jesus, right now I believe on you and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And I pray in your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. If you prayed that prayer this morning, you meant it from your heart. You prayed it and you meant it from your heart. You just said it with me. I want to just ask you very quickly just to lift your hand real quickly if you prayed that prayer and receive Christ. Yes, over here and yes, over here. Yes, over here. Others right, right back there. Several of you. Hallelujah. We welcome you to the family of God. Just give the Lord a great hand clap. We welcome you to the family of God. I'm going to pray in just a moment. Those of you that... Um, lifted your hand and prayed that prayer for salvation, I want to ask you just to fill out, a, uh, there's a little card in the seat before, it's a little orange card, and it's just a way that we can stay connected with you, you can just take that little orange card, fill it out, and then just turn it over on the other side, it'll say, I received Christ as my Savior today, or I rededicated my life to Christ, just let us know of your decision, right here on campus and also online, it says, I said yes, online it says, I said yes, but Oh, wow, we're so glad that you came to Jesus and welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. I want to just pray a blessing over you right now in the name of Jesus. Father in heaven, I thank you right now for your wonderful words of life. And I thank you, Lord God, that we're on the journey together and in this world that is such a fray. Lord, I thank you right now that you help us to rise above the fray and that we can walk in peace and not be filled with worry. So, Lord, I just pray right now for your blessing, for your provision, for your mercy, your grace, your favor, your healing, and your health over your people today. Thank you, Lord God, that we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture, and you're watching over each one of us. 
Thank you, Lord. God, and we bless you today. So I just proclaim and speak a blessing over you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone that receives that blessing and everyone that says, I'm not going to worry this week like I did last week. It's going to be better this week. Give the Lord a great hand clap. Would you do that? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Hallelujah. What a great morning. I love you so much. Thank God for his word. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. And uh, we're going to have a great Sunday as well. Hallelujah. Walk out the word this week. God bless you. We love you so much. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, Stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.